Welcome back to Managing Marketing. I'm in London and have the pleasure and opportunity of sitting down with Tina Fijant, who is a marketing procurement expert who I've known for, well, it'd have to be more than a decade. Welcome, Tina. Thank you, Darren. Nice to see you in London. Well, in fact, uh, when we met in London originally, I think uh, you recall it was Harvey Nicks we had yeah. uh, lunch at the restaurant. I can't remember who paid. I'm sure it was you on procurement. I wouldn't have paid. <laughs> <laughs> but um, that, at that time, you were doing something really unusual uh, at the time, and I think still fairly unusual, yeah. which was you were d actually acting in a procurement role in a creative agency. Yeah, yeah I worked for two of them. Ray and Lowe, 12, 13 years ago, that's when we first met, and my job was to manage the agency's costs, which was always a challenge, yep. uh, and also negotiate with procurement people, so I haven't been a procurement person on the other side of the fence, then going to be on the, other, or, you know, on the, on the supplier side was such an eye-opener. Yeah, um, and, and so it was unusual, I mean, yeah. um, I recounted recently that it wasn't until 2005 when I met my first procurement person in Australia, but we'd yeah. actually met, I think, slightly before that. Yeah, I mean, I've been doing marketing procurement for about 25 years in the UK. That's when we first So you started this. straight out of, uh, what, high school? <laughs> so kind, Darren, I wish. Not too not too far <laughs> off, but yeah, it's when I worked for Cellnet, a mobile phone company now called, uh, owned by Telefonica. I thought, what's this fluffy area of marketing that no procurement person's looking at? You know, we were looking at the usual things like stationery, and IT and cars. Yeah. I just thought, who's, look, who's looking at marketing and started sort of to dig, dig into it? So yeah, about 25 years ago, there's us at telecoms and there was people in financial services. That's where it really started. I and mean, Sir Martin Sorrell always says it started in pharmaceutical. It didn't. It was really telecoms and financial services in the UK. And that makes sense because, you know, when we analyse marketing expenditure, they're the two biggest volumes of marketing spend yeah. because both of those categories seem to have a huge amount of what I call collateral production yeah. you know they, they would spend maybe 20% of their budget on brand building and about 80% of it on colla uh, on collateral related to acquisition and retention that's mm. pretty much true isn't it yeah it is I just uh, had a meeting with someone they, they call it ampl amplification now I believe <laughs> right okay <laughs> amplification yes. lovely word yeah, yeah exactly and I think you're exactly right that you've got you know traditionally what was the above the lines stuff so tv and uh, traditional media but there is so much else that's done what he what was below the line but mm. in terms of application implementation and i think the last count i think it was about 17 different categories of marketing procurement so it's a very complex area mm. in that case if i was buying stationery or it i'm not saying it's straightforward but you probably get a deeper knowledge of one category i think marketing procurement people have to be multi-skilled and understand the whole the whole categories they're dealing with and it's immense and actually the challenges within that as you know full well from you know your experience and your consultancy are immense you know mm. dealing with the stakeholders and dealing with the agencies often don't you want you involved um, and understanding print through to point of sale, through to premium gifts, through to events, through to digital, you know, you produce it that. It is so digital. complex, isn't it? Because there's so many moving parts. And, and we'll get back to the whole procurement agency market or relationship down the track. But, you know, I wouldn't mind exploring this area because you know, one of the key things is all of these moving parts and it's becoming more and more complex, you know, because... Yeah. Uh, in the last 10 years, the whole digital area, and now there's an, an extra range of suppliers, all just digital specialists in various shapes and forms, isn't mm. there? Yeah. 
And media as well. I mean, uh, programmatic buying and, yeah. and all of that controversy that we saw globally. Um, but Tina, you don't just work in the UK, you mm. work across Europe and I yeah. think you've even done work in North America, haven't you? I have you? done, yeah, global. Yeah, uh, well, <laughs> so that just means, in America that means the US <laughs> yeah, plus yeah. one other that's country. That's true, that's right, but but I've worked in your country. Right? The, the reason I raise that is because from an Asia perspective, certainly the UK and Europe is much more advanced and sophisticated in the in the area of marketing procurement right. than Asia is. Yeah. And, and I wouldn't mind your opinion, but I get the feeling that the UK and Europe is even ahead of the US in yes. this space. And I've always thought that. And I think, you know, when I've met you before and we've gone to sort of conferences at the ANA, I think both of us, to a degree, have probably found it quite frustrating in terms of the, the content and the level of presentation. And I think I agree with you. I think the UK... I think America... And Asia are probably catching up, but I think in the UK, you know, it's a smaller market. I mean, if you're looking at media or the decoupling of production in the UK versus another market, it's probably a bit easier to do because it's smaller and we've got more more knowledge here, I think, you know, in, in terms of, I think a lot of the suppliers have set up here. So if you look mm -hmm. at decoupling production or the digital side of things. Um, so... But I did hear the other day that 70% of the global CMOs are based in America. Okay, I heard a slightly different... 70% of global marketing expenditure, mm -hmm. decision-making, is by US-based companies. Now, that okay. doesn't mean it's in America per se, yeah. but that US-based companies contribute to and spend 70% of the global marketing expenditure. Mm. And see, that's... That's interesting for me because you and I have had that conversation before about is it remuneration or compensation. Yeah. I can always tell in Asia if it's a US-based company because they yeah. call it compensation. Okay. And yeah. I go, yeah. whereas I find English and, and European co um, companies are inclined to call it remuneration. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I think that's where the influence of the US is vast because so many of the big advertisers are US-based companies. Yeah. But, but the sophistication, the sort of level of development in the UK, as you say, you know, the first to, to embrace uh, decoupling, yeah, yeah. the uh, first to look at uh, digital and, and new ways of doing digital. Yeah, from the media transparency, so people like David Morris, I know who you've interviewed, very much leading the way from a trade body perspective about having the transparency in, in media contracts. You know, we've got some great standard agency templates obviously you've been over this week for good brief week I mean that sort of stuff is great so I think it allows us to push the you know push the buttons in different areas in that and try and reposition procurement it's not just about cost savings I think mm -hmm. what I find in procurement people in the UK and Europe is yeah we've looked at remuneration compensation models we looked at hourly rates what's different what's new where can we look at added value and I'm seeing that more and more in the last couple of years over here so things like okay. technology looking at processes you know I've done a couple of big projects this year which is ways of working to drive efficiencies how can we use technology I was talking to a client the other day and she said really can you help me identify what technology systems we can look at to make the approval process a lot quicker um, getting back to remuneration performance based you know fees how we drive that so you'll find I think you'll find the more sophisticated market are doing that and actually that will hopefully lead the way for other markets in terms of looking at that I really hope so because in the last 12 months we've had a number of examples either that we've been involved in 
or have been brought in after the event where there was this incredible drive by procurement to deliver savings. Mm. In one case, um, I had a procurement team in China contact me and ask me if I could benchmark their media agency. And I said, of course I can. And they said, well, how much will you guarantee you'll save us? And I said, well, I don't know until I've done it. Oh, well, your competitor is uh, a guaranteed 10% and we'll give them half that fee. Uh, It was so clear that it was just about delivering savings. Never going to get away from that. From a procurement point of view, we're about managing cost and maximising value, you know, so it's managing the supplier base and it is making sure you get best value, but it's how you determine what that value mm. is. And I think the trouble is a lot of procurement people, unfortunately, well, unfortunately, fortunately, report into CFOs, finance people, and that does drive the behaviour. But I think the established ones, so perhaps, you know, in a lot of the FMCG companies and, again, a lot of the financial services, they've been able to prove themselves and say, yes, you know, we've done that, but actually it's about increasing the value we can get from the marketing budget to spend on other things. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I like the technology and the process process projects, because it's moving away from that. It's like anyone can look at, you know... We well, can it's look delivering at, efficiencies, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Through actually, technology. Yeah, but also it's, it's on both sides. Yeah. So I actually had a brief from a potential client the other day, and it's look at processes, and it's all the agency. I said... I don't think it's all the agency. It's a two-way street. And actually, both of you should pay for the project. And actually, the operations person wasn't happy with that. And I was just like, well, you've got to understand the way that you both work to then improve it and invest that long-term relationships. Yeah. And I think that's what the future is. Hopefully, good procurement people will start to look at those sort of things to drive, yeah, to drive efficiencies, but to spend the money more wisely on better mm. investment and actually to embrace technology. I think as a an area, as a category, we don't embrace technology as much as we should do. No, I think there's a, you know, people talk about um, the CMO being the biggest investor in technology, outstripping mm. the CIO. Um, but in actual fact, I think a lot of marketers are confused or baffled by all of the technology offering. And so they're inclined to stick their head in the sand yeah. and hope it, it goes away. Whereas, you know, I think this there's some key areas where procurement can take take a really yeah. a leadership role in the transformation. Yeah, and it always makes me laugh talking about digital and sort of social engagement. How many marketing directors are on Twitter? Yeah, you know, so we're, we're, we're huge tweeters, you know, as, as we've discussed, but, you know, so few. And I think, well, and also procurement people, when I, when, when I do train procurement people, I say, you've got to embrace the, the service and the categories you're buying. Mm. So how many of you are, what's your favourite TV ad? What's your favourite digital banner ad? How many of you on Twitter using LinkedIn? Are you using, you know, Facebook? You've got, to, you've got to love the category you buy. And I think that's the difference with marketing procurement versus stationary buying or buying cardboard you really got to understand this category and i think mm-hmm. a lot of procurement people come unstuck you know and there's a story of a, a girl who was an ingredients buyer for um, a company great and she was buying a category which was their prime product great the next week then got moved to buying digital and tried to apply the, the ingredient mm-hmm. buying process mm-hmm. to buying digital and of course it didn't work and you had to feel for her because the week before she was probably the top ingredient buyer in that organization 
and then she goes to apply the same to it doesn't work mm. but who my issue is who should be supporting her because actually should it have been agencies well that's not their responsibility no they're the supplier yeah, ultimately exactly. yeah. yeah down to the client organization i think procurement needs to invest in more training so so that's an interesting thing from an uh, australia and asia perspective is that we often find that the procurement person in our region will be one person who is called the indirect yeah. procurement person, of which marketing is maybe 25% of their time and they'll have all the other indirect costs. So it becomes, you know, they're under-resourced, they're looking at a huge expense area, spend yeah. area, and yet they just have no resources. I compare that to, I think it was Pfizer, they had uh, in New York, had like 12 people at one stage yeah. working on marketing procurement. Yeah, because yeah, often in bigger organisations you've got one person for advertising, one for media, one for print, one for point of sale. So in the bigger ones, I've got the luxury of the hair can. But for me, unfortunately, sometimes that's because they don't appreciate or understand the category. Mm. And I think, I hate that word indirect, because it covers pens and stationery and HR. And whilst you could say it's services buying, you're buying people, I think marketing is very different from any other type of procurement. And I think you do need the experience and knowledge to buy it. Well, so much of it is chemistry, not yeah. just relationships. You know, um, I've had procurement people go, oh, well, we do um, relationship-based, like legal and accounting services. Yeah. And I go, but there's a special chemistry here that yeah. you need to take into consideration. And I think uh, a lot of the procurement people, you know, the more enlightened ones, pick up on that very quickly. Yeah, uh, but also I think procurement people do need to invest time in, in learning and training. So, you know, and it's easy for me to say that being a consultant, you know, it's it's my role. I, I like to attend conferences or and learn about the category and learn new things. But I do find that a lot of procurement people don't do that because they are really busy, you know, and they have got pressure. But I think even if it's one day a month or mm. even if it is going on Twitter and following your agencies or reading campaign or Mumbrella, is it Mumbrella? Mumbrella, yeah. Yeah, which I think... You know, you've sent me a few of those articles and they're really good. Invest the time to understand that. So if it is only 25% of your job, then spend 25% of your spare time perhaps reading the category and, or going to visit your suppliers. And one of the first rules of procurement is when you get a category you're buying, go and visit the suppliers. And I think, you know, I hear stories from agencies, because, you know, I, on both sides of the fence, where procurement people just don't leave the office. Well, again, you've got to understand the category you're buying. Go out to the black You've got to get out there. Yeah, yeah. you have, yeah. Going back to the CFO, there was an example recently where we were engaged in helping with the tender process up to the financial proposals and then it was handed to the procurement team took on the negotiations. And at the end of it came a completely different result which was primarily price driven. And there was a huge outrage mm. by all of the agencies involved. And we were incredibly confused as to why suddenly, having gone through a process about chemistries and capability, yeah. that it came down to a significant reduction in the agency fee for it to stay with the incumbent, okay? Yeah. When I interrogated it and had the conversation with the procurement team, it was because they'd been set up in a way that if they didn't deliver the numbers in savings, they yeah. would be disbanded. Their hot, the CFO had created procurement to focus on marketing mm. purely to be a self-funding okay. exercise. Yeah. Now, I can see huge flaws in that. Yeah. What, what, uh, what's your opinion of that it's, approach? Yeah, I've never heard that before. 
Um, and it's disappointing, but what should have happened is that conversation or that awareness should have been had up front, I think, okay. so everyone knew. Because actually, they could have had a close pitch with incumbent, with your support, hmm. and said, this is where we are. And I think that's what I find frustrating sometimes when I talk to procurement people. If you've got a 5% cost saving target, share it with your key agencies and suppliers. Because they could come back and say, actually, if you change X, Y, and Z, we can actually save you 8%. But so much of the time... This was it's worse. Hidden. They were fi- they were literally working for their own existence, which is really awful. And I blame the CFO in, in doing that. But then, procurement people I suppose took the job or were yeah. aware of what that was. But they, I think they should have been more upfront about it. And I think they wasted a lot of your time and a lot of the other agencies' time. And they created a lot of bad feeling yeah. within the industry. Which and also the interesting thing was that the marketers actually didn't want to work with the incumbent and, and the incumbent shouldn't have been in the process. Yeah, it won't last, will it? That's sort of no, relationship. that's right. It's not sustainable. Yeah, and actually someone asked that not so long ago, have I ever made a decision, you know, for an agency selection just about cost? And I said there was only one that I was involved in. It was a big media pitch for a telecoms company and the new agency quoted a £15 million saving. Mm. So it was huge on a £60 million spend. So... It's a huge... Yeah, so it was huge. Even was the auditor, deliverable? Well, exactly. Even yeah. the auditor was like, I'm not sure they can deliver, but the decision was... A procurement did overrule the client. Mm. A year later, it hadn't worked, and they went back to the incumbent agency. So I know agencies do complain that actually they get through a pitch process and then procurement then try to negotiate them down. It's, it's about engaging with the procurement as early as possible. Mm. Even if you know it's going to be heartache, you think, oh, I've got to fill in loads of forms. I always say to any agency that's listening to this engage the procurement as soon as possible and really push them as to what they what they want to get out of the process. Are they just managing the selection process? Are they a decision maker? Because, oh, have they got 50% of the votes or 70% mm. of the votes? So actually get the, the criteria, the scoring, scoring criteria up front. The trouble is, I'm sure it's the same in the markets you work in, it's an oversupply market. In the UK, the figure is over 20,000 agencies. So for every agency that says no... Yeah, there's going to be yeah, 10 that say yes. Yeah, and that's and that's... That's really hard. Mm. It's really hard. And we have a lot of issues over here at the moment with payment terms. I've just had a client uh, uh, ask me to commission me to do work that they've said that they can't pay till the next financial year, which is okay. Calendar year is in January and we're yeah. in November at the moment. And then the procurement person piped in. And of course, it's 120 days on top of that. <gasps> and no. I went, I don't think we can no. do business. I think, you know, my advice to agencies is be willing to walk away. Yeah. The thing that really annoys me about the complaints from agencies about procurement is when they go in with their eyes wide open and then do nothing but complain yeah. afterwards. Because I think, you know, it's that old saying, a principle's only a principle when it costs you money. Yeah. If you go in with your eyes wide open and it costs you money and then you complain about it, why yeah. are you even playing the game? Yeah, I agree. I agree. So I, I did a talk a few weeks ago and I got a lot of information from SIPs, so the Charter and Purchase and Supply, mm. about payment terms. And that was one of my points about agencies need to be more financially accountable. Mm. And actually, in 25 years, how many great FDs have I ever met? And agencies, it is hard to stand up and sometimes say, no, I'm not accepting that. But I've actually worked with some agencies that have gone back to clients and said, look, you said 120 days payment terms, but we've got production or we've got media. Well, I'm going to charge you 5% interest if you want to bankroll. Mm. And the clients are like, oh, okay. So it's having those facts and figures and pushing back 
and saying, look, we're in this together, this is the situation we're in. And I think from the SIP's point of view is, they say there shouldn't be an issue about payment terms. And actually, there was a responsibility at board level to actually have responsibility for payment terms and make sure suppliers treated fairly. And indeed, two weeks ago, Tesco's in the UK announced they're paying all SMEs within 14 days, I think it is. Mm. So, I mean, yeah, they, they are starting to do that. And you know, that goes straight to corporate social responsibility. Exactly. Yeah. You know, um, the small to medium enterprises are the actual backbone of most Western economies. Yes. So large organisations that want to act in a responsible way should be making sure that their cash flow is sustainable. Yeah, and procurement should be supporting that, obviously, yeah. as well. Tina, unfortunately, we've run out of time, but it's been fantastic talking to you. I always love catching up. And um, have you got any last minute advice that you would uh, give either marketers or agencies about working better with procurement? I think engage with them fully, I think. Um, understand where they come from. You know, the age-old thing of magic and logic in the agencies and marketeers love the magic and enter stage left procurement into the logic. We're there to do a job, as we all are, and when it works, it works really, really well. So I think engage as early as possible and everyone to be as transparent as possible as to what they want out of the, out of the process. Fantastic. Thanks, Tina. Thanks, Dan. Nice to see, see you. See you next time I'm back in London. Sounds good to me. Mm-hmm.